welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 174. I'm your host tonight, and I am joined by just one bean, and I've forgotten to say my name again. Chewy, <laughs> I'm Shorty. You are Chewy. How's it going? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I, I thought for a moment there that just like every single one of our friends, you'd gotten us confused. <laughs> yeah, I confused myself with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, you, we, we drive down the same road coming home. You need to turn left at the roundabout. I need to go straight, okay? That's uh, <laughs> As long as we maintain that, we're, we're okay. Uh, so, well, I'm not, well, Not mate. doing a house swap or wife swap or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Um, actually, uh, Cat Cook? I don't know. No. Yeah, no. no. Oh, yeah, Jen, Jen's hit and miss, so uh, we'll see. Maybe... Maybe when Jen needs something built, she'll be up for a husband swap because you're much better <laughs> yeah. at that than me. So yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll post that to the uh, to the beanbags. Uh, but yeah. no, I am I'm really really good, mate. Uh, how are you? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Had a busy week yeah. at work, as as you have too, by the sounds of it. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to forget about work for a bit and catch up and talk about some magic. Yeah, let's do our other job, time. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah the one this we one. don't don't get paid for. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, waiting for the check. It just hasn't come to the mail. Yes, yet. yes, it's coming one yeah. day. Yeah. We get paid in enjoyment. Is the, absolutely uh, the thing. and absolutely do love us and uh, our community. So it is great, and so much of what we do is made possible by. Here, I'm going to throw this to you. Out notice, you never get to do this. Who do we have to thank for making all of our Magic Beans tournament series and everything happen? That's oh, Jay Mud, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, J Mud does a lot of the logistics in the background. Absolutely, shout no, out no, J Mud. That, that, that would be our awesome sponsors, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. You know the drill. You hear it every single week on all the different things we do, and that's because we absolutely love those guys for all the support that they show us. They are a Facebook auction group, and you can jump in there and win their nightly auctions. There's always good stuff going up, and then extra special things on the weekend, as well as the win it now lots where you can just jump on and go sold, and that thing is yours for the price that Pat has set, as well as claim lots when there are new sets being released. So get in on all that, and uh, a million giveaways, just just giveaways all the time. Not only does Pat sponsor us and give us the prize money and product that we get to give away to you guys he uh he gives things away to the community all the time and over the last few weeks has been giving away stuff just left right and center so go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au it'll take you straight to the facebook group bid on some auctions win something and when pat contacts you just tell him that the beans sent you yeah please do and if you're over in the west of our large red land uh you will be absolutely frothing uh, that Pat is actually coming over and he's running some events over in Perth coming up. So jump over to that Facebook page uh, that Shorty mentioned, jpmtgbazaar.com.au. All the details are over there. I believe there's like a free-to-enter uh, event that has prizes because that's that's just what Pat does. That's what he does with us, and he's doing that with some paper stuff as well. So traveling around the country, uh, just uh, making magic a better place to be. That's uh, amazing. Well done, mm. Pat. Well, he's going to be down in Melbourne for, I think it's actually for Melbourne Cup Weekend. There is a Pat's birthday event <laughs> going Ooh, yeah. on at Plenty of Games. Uh, I think there's a massive Highlander event going on that Pat is getting involved in. So 
if you're into Highlander, I know Azzy G is uh, furiously building Highlander decks at the moment. So, yeah, get in on that. Come down to Melbourne and play some Highlander and celebrate Pat's birthday because it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Very good. All right. How did I go on my ad read? Was that, that good enough? Uh, I'll do it next week. It's okay. But uh, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I, I gave you absolutely zero notice. I just like, I just like the backhand over the net and was like, deal with this one, Shorty. So, I mean, uh, I stuffed up build. the intro. I've stuffed up the ad read. So, you know. Uh, it's all, just, all up here. Why, why am here. I here again? Yeah. And, uh, well, you're good at editing the cast and, and posting oh, yeah, it. So. Yeah, yeah. Especially, yeah, especially after last week's one. <laughs> last, <laughs> last week's was just a massive debacle yeah. all around. But anyway, the, the reason Cracker's not on the cast this week is uh, we've kicked him off because his audio was so terrible. Uh, we, no, not really. Um, Cracker's uh, feeling a little under the weather. So shout out, Cracker. Uh, hope you're feeling better, mate. Um, Cracker but, got to experience the uh, the robot voice that I had many, many, many moons ago in the six, early stages. Episode six, if memory serves. Yeah. Mm, yep, I can't so, remember my kid's birthday, but I remember robot voice in episode six. Yep. What does that say about me? There was a serious anyway. amount of editing and a little bit of re-recording, and uh, and then I released the wrong file that still had all the silences in it, so that would have been awkward for people to listen to that. And uh, eventually we got there, so. Shambles. <sighs> 173 episodes, and we've just completely messed it up, but. Let's get it back on track this week and let's talk about some magic. Unfortunately, yes. though, the first thing we're going to talk about is not a good thing. <laughs> no, a bit of a uh, bit of sad news. Um, yeah. yeah, we've lost uh, one of the pillars of the the magic community in Sheldon Mennery, uh, like the grandfather of EDH. He's a, like invented Elder Dragon Highlander, which is you know modernly known as Commander. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he's been unwell for a little while and, um, yeah, has unfortunately passed away. So, uh, thank you for your contribution to the game, Sheldon. Not many people that play this game can say that they've, you know, changed the way that the game is played. Uh, and, you know, that's, a that's an enormous legacy. And, uh, every time we sit down to play Game of Commander, you know, that's our little way of saying, uh, you know, thank you for, uh, you know, bringing uh, a bit of fun and all of the shenanigans of Commander to to us, to our kitchen tables and our, our local game stores and command fests alike. So, yeah, sad news. Um, thoughts with the family. and uh, But, yeah, really appreciate everything that uh, Sheldon has done for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, yeah. And huge legacy to leave behind being so synonymous with the format of Commander, which is just, it is just the biggest format in Magic It's now, the juggernaut, so. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is what's yeah. driving everything in Magic-related at the moment. So, yeah, that's a, a fair old legacy to be attributed to being the grandfather of, of that format. That's, uh, yeah, pretty pretty good legacy. And, yeah, obviously, you know, we don't know the, the guy or didn't know the guy and, uh, yeah, sort of never, never met had, him, but had that opportunity. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, you sort of, you can see the effects that it's had and, and sort of the the, the tributes and things coming out from the community has yeah, obviously had a massive impact on a lot of people's lives. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll be very missed, uh, particularly in the States. And, um, yeah, we will be uh, remembering every time we play a, a game of Commander. Absolutely. Does that mean we have to have a minute silence before every Commander game? Uh, Just to extend the game even further? There's enough silence <laughs> waiting for Polywaffle to have his turn. So, <laughs> oh. yeah, so we'll, uh, uh, yep. we'll wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had to get that little drive phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. All good. Okay. So, another news topic for tonight. Uh, Wizards released an article 
I think it was earlier on in the week, or it might have been towards the end of last week, on the state of the formats in Magic Arena. And I think this is actually the first official time we've seen stats on this sort of thing. Like, something came out maybe a year ago, and we discussed it on the podcast about, like, percentages of how much each format was played on Arena, and it was it was quite alarming. There were some stats that came out from, like, the untapped client from maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe 12 months from. ago. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. But this is official. Yeah, it's, it's actually from Watsy, and they've done a, a full article. You can go and look it up if you just Google state of formats in MTG Arena. You'll find it. It was released on September the 11th. And, uh, yeah, it sort of breaks down the formats that they've got on Arena and, and what their plans are and what they thought of them, that sort of thing. And then, uh, yeah, it goes into the percentage of play by format. So to, I guess they look at the total number of matches played and they just go, okay, this many are standard, this many are historic, brawl, alchemy, explorer, and spit out a percentage. So unsurprisingly, standard is number one. I think I think Arena has kind of cemented itself as the place to go to play standard. Would you, you think that's fair, Chewie? Yeah, yeah. Much less standard played on magic online that's the yeah. that's the haunt of you know modern legacy modern legacy and, vintage and pioneer yep. yeah so yep. it's uh but yeah standard just seems to be the way maybe the free to play aspect uh and the, you know the tournaments that are run you know like the playing events and things like that have uh attracted people over and maybe just ladder play rather than you know there's more more at stake i guess um, than playing, you know, uh, standard challenges and, and things like that. So I think the convenience uh, is uh, something that has won a few people over from the older client to the new. So yeah, and definitely. maybe just volume of player based diversity is a big part of that as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they don't give a timeline for this. They've, they've released. They a said a recent chart. Month. Yeah. Okay. So, so this this is a recent I month. I don't know how much in your job you have to use Excel. Uh, I use it a lot because all the applications you pay for are pretty much just spicy Excel. Uh, yes. But like this is literally just like a set of numbers on a timeline in Excel, like insert graph yeah, <laughs> and take yeah. it a screenshot. Like there, there's no fancy graphics going on here from, from Watsy, but, you know, it gets the message across, I guess. So yeah, it's good yeah. to see that whoever did it is in dark mode using things the way that uh, <laughs> they, they should. They've just taken a little screen grab of a, yeah, yeah, an Excel yeah, chart. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah so we've got standard sitting at around the like 40% yeah. share of the, the market, which, yeah, it would be what you think uh, would be. That's that's the highest by, by quite a bit. Historic actually comes in second, around 25%. Uh, and then it gets a little bit surprising from there. So we've got Brawl, which I've literally never played a Brawl game. is sitting sort of around 15-ish percent, sort of just over 15%. But the, with the popularity of Commander, that's yeah. the, you know, it's it's the closest we get uh, with yeah. it. So yeah, it's a, it's a convenient it, way to play pseudo-Commander, I guess. Yeah, yep. And if all you've ever done is played commander that's been your magic experience then brawl seems like a, an obvious choice for the online client yeah i know there's definitely some people in our discord who are super keen on on hmm. brawl it's just something that we've just never never no. gone into so never played it no nope uh and then surprisingly just below brawl is actually alchemy at yeah sort of let's say 13 percent ish and explorer is all the way down at sort of just over five percent maybe six to seven percent of explorer now Really surprising that to me. surprised me. Uh, I would have expected Explorer to be a fair bit higher, 
but it, it, it may be that because Explorer is not full Pioneer yet, the people who are really invested in Pioneer, like the people who are testing for Pioneer season for RCQs and all that sort of stuff, are just playing on MPGO. Yeah. Uh, and so Explorer's just kind of in this middle ground where, like, I really enjoy it. And, you know, we played it for our last league. It was a lot of fun because it's pretty close to Pioneer. But if you're actually wanting to test Pioneer, it's not, not really what you want to be doing. So maybe when we see Explorer actually hit Pioneer, that will jump up a fair bit. But Yeah, Alchemy, I think so. Yeah, Alchemy that's the, is the big one. That's that's a that's a real discussion point here. The fact that Alchemy's not somewhere below the zero percent is surprising <laughs> to me because it's a trash. It should format. just be a flat line, just straight yeah. across that zero. No but, ups and downs, just flat. Yeah, but if you if you have a if, if you don't play Arena and you go to you know the Wizards website and you download Arena or you go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and and download Arena to your mobile device. You are like railroaded into yeah, playing. It just forces alchemy. you into alchemy. Everything is alchemy. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's my theory. And I think you agree. It's just like there's a whole bunch of people out there who go, oh, I'll play constructed. You know, like I'll, I'll put, I'll maybe I'll move away from brawl and I'll, I'll grind some ladder. Alchemy is what it defaults to. So that's what we're playing. And then I think they then realize that, you know, the alchemy cards are, um, I don't know like terribly designed and they don't want to scroll through text boxes and <laughs> all those sorts of things. Uh, and then they graduate to, you know, they go, well, maybe I'll go and play historic where I can use some of the alchemy cards, but I've got a bigger card pool and that's pretty fun. And then you go, oh, historic would be good if it didn't have these alchemy cards. What do I do? Uh, I'll go play standard or yeah, maybe people are graduating to that and then they'll go to Explorer eventually. I don't know. That's that's my old man yells at clouds. I don't enjoy the alchemy format and, you know, they're not real magic cards perspective. But Yeah. Yeah, I I would be very interested to see these stats if standard was the default. You know, would yeah, standard yeah, be at sixty percent and alchemy yeah. at, you know, below Explorer. So many times I've imported a deck you know you go to goldfish you go export export a deck you get a list you jump into arena you hit the little import button mm-hmm. and then you go and edit the deck and you look and it's set the default to alchemy the default format that it sets to is alchemy like it's not an alchemy deck like I'm, I'm importing a standard deck but it defaults to alchemy and it seems like every or i don't know if it's still doing this but for quite a while every time you logged in if there was a small update or, or anything like that it would reset what your most recent played thing was, you know, if you go, if you just jumped in and, and hit play, it would normally keep that as whatever you, the last thing was you played. You know, you played Explorer, Literally Vista happened 1, to me whatever. this week. Yep. Literally and, happened and to me so this week. And so every time you had a small update, it would default back to Alchemy, best of one. And so if, like you said, if you're a new player and you're, you're either you've never played Magic before and you're just getting into play, or you've played a little bit casually and someone's told you, hey, go and play Arena. It's really cool. You can play it on your phone. And it just, automatically puts you into alchemy well then of course those numbers are going to be bumped up like superficially basically and so wizards then takes that and if you read their article they take that and go yeah we're really happy with how alchemy's going it's going great the format's really good and lots of people are playing it and we're you know we're really happy where, where it's going but the actual community is going stop making alchemy cards just stop <laughs> get rid of the format because no one likes it but that's not going to happen if if people just keep getting defaulted into it. So it's it's a little bit annoying. This uh, 
uh, <laughs> that, that it's yeah, this is official absolutely. come from wizards and this is how they're thinking because all we want is pioneer full pioneer on arena and instead they're spending all their time designing alchemy cards and putting them on arena instead of just putting 200 cards from pioneer onto arena and going hey there you go you've got your pioneer format go for it yeah and you think about the uh the the time economy that the developers have and you know there are there are still things with arena that you know from a from a ui perspective from an interface perspective that we wish could be a bit better you know from from deck building and things and they've made improvements in that space but if they'd taken the time to, you know, do all the all the design and implementation and coding of the alchemy cards, because they fundamentally break like magic as a game system. So the the coding and testing and implementation of those cards would take more time than a regular magic set, right? Or like known cards that, you know, have have known interactions and outcomes that you need to be aware of because they're in you know, pioneer, like it's just not a good use of their time. And no, at like yeah. what's it like 13, 14%? Like if you look at the amount of time they spend coding standard cards versus coding alchemy cards, like there's like a 25, 30% differential there. You know, are they spending 25 or 30% less time on alchemy? I doubt it. So it, it just, just scrap it. Anyway. Anyway, it's just it's annoying. <laughs> I think we've made our point. Yeah, um, I, I don't like the, it. The hard part is like they've come they've come so far, and people have invested time and money, and so for them to scrap it, it like that's just going to be a huge issue. Like with with maybe don't scrap it, but stop pushing and, it. Like yeah, let the know. people that want to play it play it. That's fine. You you do you 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 interact with the game and have fun the way that you want to. Like no qualms. If if alchemy's your thing. Like you do, you do, but yeah. like don't do alchemy stuff at the expense of doing the other stuff that's required uh, within the client. You know, like it's not a uh, I don't know. Like I don't think they're getting their return, and particularly given they uh, are forcing it, these numbers are artificially inflated, and I would take off at least five percent of that, and that would put it very close to Explorer. So mm. use that 5% to put extra, which is, you know, 30% of the alchemy um, share of the formats. So take 30% of the alchemy crew and get them coding pioneer cards. I mean, they could have they could have every, like the top 20 or 30 decks in pioneer on arena by just adding 100 cards. Less than a standard set coming out. Yep. Yeah, and they're doing that many alchemy cards every standard set on top of the standard cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, we we've banged on about this enough. Yeah, point point mate. Yeah, I think uh, unfortunately yeah. I don't, I don't I don't see alchemy going anywhere anytime soon. That's and that's look the, like the leave part. it there. That's fine, but just like stop pushing it. Um, is yeah. Um, there's some some tournament coming up on you know a couple of weeks in September. Yeah, uh, next like, next weekend. I don't know if you you know ever heard of any of these players. Like, there's some. It's like an invite only thing, but there's just like these randoms. Like, uh, what do we got? Javier You're Dominguez. Talking about the Magic Beans Invitational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> some randoms there. Simon Nielsen, Shota Yasaoka, Gabriel Nassif, 
you know, there, there's Greg Orange. There's Reed, Reed Duque. Duke, Duke? Is it Duke? I hope I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly. Uh, you know, there's a, you know, Jim Davis, the, Sam Pardee, Seth Manfield, Yuta Takahashi. So, you know, like, it's a interesting, um, you know, I don't know where they got these people from. But, yeah, there's, like, some random event. Uh, can you tell me about that? Have you heard anything about it? <laughs> I believe you're talking about the World Championships that's on starting uh, next Friday, I believe, the September the 22nd. Yeah, the only reason I'm not going is it's my wedding anniversary, so I couldn't make it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the reason why. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Worlds is back. You know, we've, we've had it for the last couple of years, but this time it is bigger. Uh, we spoke about this when they first made the change. Yeah, Worlds for the last few years has been quite small. I think I think one of the worlds recently was like 16 players and then it went up to like 32 and they were really, really small events, super hard to qualify for and the metagame was just really inbred because when you've got like 16 players, you're just looking at those players going, okay, what are they going to play? You know, they, they're this sort of player, whatever. Or you'd have, if you've got 16 players, you'd have a team of four or five players who just all come with the same deck and there's... Forty percent of your meta game just <laughs> with one deck from one really team. Really easy, yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. So this time they've pumped it out to one hundred and ten players, which is a much, much better number. That's that's really cool. So we should actually see a diverse format, or we should see a proper meta game and and get a bit of a direction. And this is it's basically like a small PT, and yeah, it's yeah, going to have that similar feel where it's it's pretty new. Like we only got Eldrain last weekend so it's going to be two weeks old effectively when they're doing worlds which is how we used to have pro tours and the structure is pretty much the same so you've got three rounds of draft and then rounds of standard for day one day two draft again then some more standard and then sunday you play a top eight with the same you know best out of three games to win the match as we've had in the pro tours recently so yeah very much like a pro tour and uh, all new standards. So this is going to be cool. It's really going to be quite exciting to watch and see what these pro players actually come up with. What would be even better is if we actually had rotation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we yeah. had a full new standard format. And it's like, all right, here we go. What can the pros come up with? This is brand new, 100% new standard. What can they come up with? Yeah, the, Instead- the eyes of the world are on this. It's a world championship. Yeah. It's it's the, the, the best of the best, the cream at the top, aligning the standard rotation with, you know, do it two weeks before the World Championship, that that would be awesome. It levels the playing field. It uh, creates some excitement. It creates anticipation. And it creates storylines throughout the event where, you know, some random player or team that you you know might not have heard of you know they've they've qualified you know 105th out of a 110 players have just made it through and they come with something you know unexpected and great and you know they might not win the event but they they make serious inroads and create a bit of a stir and and hype and excitement and uh, they didn't do that <laughs> they just uh, <laughs> Yeah, decided they, they, to have three year standard because that's what everybody wanted. Oh, yeah, <laughs> with some sets that weren't designed to be in three year standard. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. But yeah, oh, I'm, I'm interested to see Eldrain draft. I played a bit of limited, and I'm still working the format out. So you know, I've, 
forming some ideas on on what's good and what's not. So it's always interesting to you know watch the the pros go about it and show you just how wrong you are. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And the draft coverage for the last PT was as good a draft coverage as I've ever seen. Yeah, so, I didn't watch any of it, but I heard it was really quite good. Yeah, it was it it was very good. Um, they just you know they had like live updates like with graphics and and they had like people who knew how to draft and and were really familiar with the draft format you know like the cheons of the world and and things uh doing the commentary so the insights were really good and they they had camera angles and and all the rest of it so yeah it was um much improved over you know what is usually something people skip and yeah, I, yeah. I i love limited more than your average magic player, right? And I have absolutely just like skipped that portion of the coverage, but just gone back and looked at the deck list. So what, what you know, archetypes are they drafting? You know, what what do they think is good? Uh, and got my information that way, and not watched the live ones. But we were at um, we were at Polywaffle's place sorting cards, and we're watching Kai uh, draft his deck, uh, and that was good enough to you know get him into top eight of the last PT. And I was riveted and, you know, I was excited when something wheeled and, and things. And, you know, it's Kai, right? Like, you know, you're watching, you know, one of the greatest of all time, uh, which definitely helped. But, yeah, it was much, much better. But, yeah, limited, interested in that. But then, yeah, four rounds of standard. Uh, and if you go 4-3 or better, you uh, advance to, to day two where you pretty much do that again. And then there's a cut to top eight, so lots of lots of focus on standard, but yeah, you can't uh, you can't eliminate the uh, the limited format from your thinking when you you know seeing who's who's doing well. But yeah, I'm interested. Uh, what's the prize pool for this? I wonder. I haven't checked Ooh, that. That's a good Pro- question. I don't know. It, I imagine it is a lot because <laughs> there's like it's actually really hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is it, like just anything to do with wizards is just really hard to find stuff. It's- do you know, it took me far longer than it should have to find the qualified players, right? Like it's just um, un- unbelievable. There's a million dollars. A million dollars. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I a don't million have dollar the prize, prize breakdown, but yeah, I think uh, I think. Uh, there we go. So all competitors will receive at least four grand. So just for showing up. You get four grand, and the winner is getting a hundred grand. So it's a pre- that's a pretty flat prize pool, mm. to be honest. Yeah, it is. Which is kind of good, and and that's I guess it's a good reward to go. You know, you've you've been grinding all year. You've you've qualified through your RCQs or your regional championships. You've got to the PT, and you've had a good enough year. Either you've done really well at a bunch of PTs, and you've earned enough points to get to worlds, or you've you know won PTs or top eighted or whatever you need to do to to get there, here's a big tournament where you can just come and have fun. And no matter what, you're walking away with four grand. And you know, you do you do reasonably well, you might walk away with ten grand. And yeah, well, do like you know what that is, pretty good. You know what that is? That is reimbursing players for their flights. So old old uh structure. Yeah. You yeah, know, pe- people yeah. would get appearance fees and, and flights paid for where like two grand for a return flight to the to the US seems pretty reasonable from pretty much anywhere in the world 
you know, accommodation, transfers, uh, you know, you're going to probably going to be in Vegas for a little while. So, you know, the accommodation cost racks up, uh, some sightseeing, you know, putting a couple of hundred bucks on black or all those things that you do in Vegas. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. So it's a, uh, having it flat like that absolutely makes sense. And including what are effectively appearance fees into the, uh, the overall prize pool calculations. Cause it'd be like, Oh, it's a $400 prize pool for a $400,000 prize pool for, you know, the old PTs, but they'd yeah, spent but there's a lot of hundred grand yep, or something. That aren't seen. Yep. Yeah. So they yeah. just, Whereas now they get to market it as a million dollar prize yeah, pool. Yeah. And it's that's a, totaling everything all in together. Yeah. So yeah, everybody, cool. yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. Anyways. Don't hate it. All right. So yeah, that's on next weekend. I will be playing in a Battle Spirit Saga grand open on uh, oh, nice. the Saturday, so I will not be watching the uh I the commentary. will not be, not be watching either. Uh it, it Jen and I, uh Frankie will be at camp and the little two will be babysat and we'll be halfway up a mountain somewhere just us, no kids. Nice. Uh just going for an overnight hike uh and we'll sit by the campfire and uh, try to remember how to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> you might need so, more than one night to remember that. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, "Who are you again? You're you're the person that uh, does the other half of the housework in the house, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the person that I that pass. The, you know, I debate whose turn it is to change the nappy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, very yeah. good. All right. So, who is your money on? We do have. It is a stacked list. Who is your money on for this event? Uh, it's it's. Like I'm, I'm looking at the list of players, and like the they're based on their ranking, which is how many points they've earned through the year from their different performances in PTs and that sort of stuff. And Javier Dominguez is number one, Simon Nielsen is number two, and Nathan Stoyer is number three. I'm pretty sure all three of those players are on the same team. Right. So they've obviously been doing very well <laughs> for themselves for the year to end up like that. So and the way that. Um Simon Nielsen uh, had a run at the last Pro Tour. Like, he's hot. He's in form as well. Yep. I mean, so. you've got, like, of those three players, Javier is a prior world champion. Yep. Nathan Stoyer is the current reigning world champion and who who also won a PT and came second in a PT or something this year. Like, yeah, dude's a freak. I think he's, like, 22 or something stupid as well. Like, he's a child. Oh, right. But, okay. Yeah. I, I would like to see Javier win again. Like, I really like Javier. He's he's cool. And uh, uh, I, yeah, I love just like to see a, a double world champion again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, um, that has been a few years. So, I, mm. I'm i just having a look through and there's a name that I haven't seen a lot of in the, in the coverage. It's kind of been flying under the radar, but has qualified in 19th. And this is someone who's been at the top tables at a world championship before, and that's Marcio yep. Carvalho. Mm. So I, I that like I, I looked at those names in the in the top list and and those names that I read out when I was memeing. But uh, when I actually take a look at it and, and have a look at those players that are have done well over the over the year, oof, you know, I mean, Yuta Takahashi could absolutely win any event that uh, that he rocks up to. Uh, but yeah, I I will a bit of a dark horse, and I will uh, I'll throw my my two cents in on Marcio Cavallo. Nice. All right. 
So you're going for a a bit of an old school pick and I'm going for the easy pick, the guy that's ranked number one. (laughs) Well, he's got the mono red card as well. He does. He is the fervent champion. He is. So I probably can't we both cast a lot of because randomly. I I have cast so many, so many fervent (laughs) champions. So many. (laughs) Have you ever had the turn one fervent champion, turn two double fervent champion? Oh, yeah. Oh, how good is that? Plenty of times. Yeah, that's, uh, you giggle to yourself (laughs) a little bit, don't you? It's like take six. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, nice. (laughs) Your opponent's got a tap land over there. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yep. All right. so, so what that, are they playing? What are they going to yeah, play? Yeah, so they're going to be playing standard. So we thought we'd have a bit of a look and see how Wilds of Eldraine has affected the standard metagame. Because like we said, it was Wilds of Eldraine was designed with rotation in mind. So it, it was coming in and it was not meant to have the old sets that we've still got in, which meant from a power level perspective, we sort of weren't expecting huge things in terms of shakeups in the format. You know, we've got some pretty established decks. We've got some really strong cards that some of us are sick of. They had to ban some cards not that long ago. So There's certain cards expecting... that have got a real she-hold over the format. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have board. Uh, so, yeah, we weren't expecting huge changes, but there seems to have been a bit of a, a little bit of a shake-up. So, I mean, we won't really know until Worlds happens, but have you been dipping your toe into stand at all? I've literally played one game. And I won right. it, so I'm, yep. I'm sitting 100% win rate in standard, so I'm just going to leave it at that. So, done. <laughs> I've been playing Explorer, I've been one of the 5%, uh, <laughs> and got up to, like, Diamond 2 last season, uh, and, like, just, I don't know, ran out of, like, interest to, like, have that last push for Mythic, but um, was, yeah, playing, playing a bunch of that and really enjoying that format, but I... I've I've come back to standard. Like Wilds has brought me back. There's a bit of hype. That our standard channel on our Discord's been kind of buzzing, and there's some cool decks out there. And uh, you know, there's some you know expected decks. You know, we we talked in preview season that you know we'll probably see this, and then uh, you know mountains are good again, and uh, mountains are always good. Mountains are always playable. They're not always good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so Sometimes you need to put other colours with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, let's let's start there. So you've called out Mono Red, um, and this is like if you're going to play standard, you, you've got to be able to beat this, right? So what does the what does the current Mono Red list look like if I was going to uh, not play Alchemy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but actually play uh, standard as uh, Garfield intended. And yep. what am I what am I looking at? So we've had a mono red list for quite a while that just hasn't been just hasn't been good enough. Mainly because of Sheldred. It was just it's it's been a problem for ages where you know you're doing well and then they land a Sheldred and there there just wasn't a ton of good answers for Sheldred and all it took was and unchecked Sheldred for two turns, and it was just game over. Like, you couldn't attack through it, you couldn't kill it, and they just sat behind it, gained life, you lost life. They did other things, you know, drew other cards or whatever, and and, and that was it. You just couldn't get back into the game. And and so Mono Red just, just really struggled. It just couldn't push over the top. So we've picked up a couple of new cards. So, you know, playing... Swift Spears, Phoenix Chicks, Bloodthirsty Adversaries. Been playing them for ages. They're, they're still really solid cards. Um, you know, some lists running cards like Squeeze as well. They're, they're not too bad. 
got the play with fires, lightning strikes, Kamano faces Kakazan. That's that's all standard. Throw in some, you know, a whole bunch of mountains, some Mishra's foundries, and a Sakenzin or two. That's what we've had for a while. So new cards that we've picked up. There's the Charming Scoundrel, which I spoke about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, which is the one and a red 1-1 one, one with haste. And when it enters the battlefield, you can choose one of three things. You can discard a card and draw a card. You can create a treasure or you can create a wicked roll token. So the wicked roll uh, gives plus one, plus one and something else. I can't remember what it does. Uh, when it you. dies, uh, target opponent loses life. pings for one? Yeah, each opponent yep. loses life. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So 2-2 two, two haste that pings for one when it dies. That's pretty good. That's kind of what you want a fair bit of the time, so that's not bad. Uh, there's also Godric Cloaked Reveler. Which yeah, is a- so I, I I want to talk about Godric because okay. there's so many little interactions here. Uh, you know, there's Murderous Rage is the obvious one, right? Mon- um, monstrous Rage. Monstrous Rage, sorry. Yeah, so where you get, um, you know, you get an extra permanent. Uh, but Squee, when Squee attacks, yep. uh, you get a thing. When Chapter 3 of Commando Faces Kakazan uh, happens, then it's exiled and then comes into play. Yep. So, uh, you know, that triggers. Um, there's- Trigger it with your Phoenix Chicks. Trigger it with your Phoenix Chick. You can just play two cheap creatures. You can play Monastery Swift Spear and Phoenix Chick. You know, there's so many ways that you can do it. Uh, and it is uh, super, super cool. Like, it's, uh, you know- f- Three men of four four dragon with fire breathing. Mm. I'll read yes. the text of it just so people know. So it's yeah. a it's one red red for a three three with haste. It's a legendary human noble. And it's got celebration. So the celebration is a thing that triggers when two or more non land permanents enter the battlefield. And the wording is different on, on almost all of the celebration things. They all have a slightly different trigger. They will trigger off two or more non land permanents entering, but when it actually triggers is different. So some of them are at the beginning of combat, if two or more, like if Celebration had triggered, you get this and and various different things like that. This one is just as long as two or more non-land permanents entered this into the battlefield under your control this turn, Godric is a 4-4 flyer, a dragon, with fire breathing, which is pay a red and dragons you control get plus one plus zero till end of turn. So it can trigger at, at any time or it, it just, I, I don't know if this is actually a trigger, I, I think. I haven't seen this in play, but does this just happen? Because it's just as long as two or more have entered, Godric is a dragon. Yep. Yeah, it so does there's say... no responding to to it? No, it doesn't once say... Once those two permanents have entered? Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can. Like, there's no, like, um, activation... Um... Mm. Well, there's no trigger clause for it. There's no yeah, at the beginning right. of your combat if this happened. Or, then... or there's no when... Yeah. You know, to yep. you know, the second permanent comes into play or yeah. anything like so that. It's, so it's either a four four a th- three mana three three haste, fine. You play that in your mono red decks, no worries. Or it's a three mana four four haste and you can pump it. Like yeah. a three mana it's four four cool. flyer with haste. Pretty good. Yeah, it's good pretty, card. Yeah, I, I did, I, I did I like not it. see that in the previews. <laughs> so, no, no, yeah, no. Exactly, I, I, exactly like you pointed out. Like there are a bunch of ways to have permanents enter the battlefield for free almost or you know two two so you can get a like kumanu flipping and coming into the into the battlefield and then you cast uh, some other permanent and there you go you've triggered it so very cool uh yeah monstrous rage was the other one that we picked up which is what you mentioned yeah it's a single red for an instant target creature gets plus two plus oh until end of turn and then you create a monster roll attached to it uh which is plus one plus one and trample 
seems good. Yeah, it's huge. And, and then the other big pickup is the Witch, Witch Stalker, Stalker Frenzy. Frenzy. Yeah. Mm. So uh, this is your way to deal with children that you uh, yeah. talked about yep. at the start of this deck. So uh, it's a uh, – yeah, you just attack with your dudes. It's an instant kill children yeah. before blocks. Three and a red – Instant, this spell costs one less to cast for each creature that attack this turn, and it deals five damage to type creature. So you can attack, and before your opponent gets to declare a blocker, it counts how many attackers you've got. So if you've got three creatures attacking, you attack with the three creatures. Before they get to declare a blocker, you can cast this for a single red, kill their shield Fantastic. So yep. yeah, big, big pickup in this sort of deck, and that's that's definitely what you wanted to do because, yeah, it was, it was always hard to... Well, I'm just going to attack into your shield druid. I've got two red mana untapped. I might have a lightning strike. Are you going to block with your shield druid? And they just go, yeah, I just won't block. And yeah. they take and one or two, they, and then you're like, oh, okay, now I can't kill yeah. your And even if they do block, they've two for one you, right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So this yep. is so a this, one you, for one you, clean answer. Yeah, no. you're not losing an attacker. It's a single red, deals with shield druid. Yeah, very, very good pickup. So. Yeah, good upgrades. Yeah, I have, I'm yet to play this. Deck. I need to spend a few rare wild cards to get this, which I don't really have. So I'll, I probably should get onto that. But yeah, I have hope for mono red in the uh, in the current format. Anyway, okay, we talked I, about mono I'm, red for a long time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> talk. I'm, I'm going to the polar opposite end of the metagame, and I'm going to talk about a control deck. So uh, Esper Control is definitely something I've seen uh, pretty pretty well represented on in the standard metagame. I think Esper I'll, Control was around a fair bit before. Absolutely. Like we, we haven't paid attention to Standard for quite a few months. So I think es- no, Esper and Blue Black was quite big. Yeah, before. I can definitely see that. And it's picked up, you know, uh, Sunfall uh, along the way as far as a uh, uh, a new Wrath, uh, which is pretty good. But uh, I'll just sort of uh, run through it. Four Wandering Emperor, cut down, go for the throats, for spot removal, make disappear. Oh, please plus Shelter's Edict, uh, make disappear and negates with some dissipates. Uh, it's got Siphon Insight for card advantage, Void Range, four copies of Memory Deluge, a uh, couple of Sunfalls, a Farewell, a Celestis, 27 land, and uh, it's got sort of everything you would expect in the uh, sideboard. There's some Shelter's, um, some Disdainful Strokes, some Cutdowns. Uh, but there's also three copies of Chrome Host Seed Shark, the 2-4 that uh, incubates when you cast an on-creature spell. So uh, it's a uh, – it's, it's the, the control deck of the format, and it seems pretty good. And, yeah, Sunfall's a – you know, the only real new card well, here. Sunfall's but- not even new. <laughs> it's from March of the Machine. This I'm just scrolling through this list. The only new card that's in this deck is one creature land. <laughs> <laughs> why a white go. black creature land <laughs> but it's yeah it's a i don't know i guess some fall still feels new to me because i haven't played a lot of standard yeah. Yeah, yeah uh but yeah i mean it's it's solid like if it ain't broken don't fix it um yeah but yeah it's a um uh like mono red uh it is a deck that you have to have a plan for if you're going to enter into standard right so um i would say they're the bookends of the format Right, that's yeah, your absolutely. aggro deck and your control deck in that sense. So there's a bunch of decks in between which we can talk about, which are which are cool. But um, yeah, like keep those in mind. Um, have you got an in between deck to talk about? Something that's not quite an aggro deck, something that's not quite a control deck. <laughs> I'll talk about something that's a bit 
yeah, bit newer as well. So uh, and Crack, Cracker definitely would have been talking about this deck tonight if he was on, which is the uh, the fairies deck. You know, we spoke about it on the limited podcast that fairies is going to be a thing. It may not be good enough yet, but probably when we get back to uh, to Lawen, it might be a full deck. But we've got quite a bit of it now. So yeah, running blue black stuff creatures mostly, and uh, and a bunch of uh, spells to sort of back them all up. So you got. Sleep Cursed Fairy, which is the uh, the one mana three three flying ward two, but it comes in with three stun counters on it, and then you can pay two mana to untap it. Yeah, solid card. You can drop it down on turn one. Uh, it works really well with uh, another new card, Spell Stutter. Obviously, callback to Spell Stutter Sprite, which is one and a blue instant counter target spell unless its controller plays two, plus an additional one for each fairy you control. So it's mana leak. Yeah, drop your your spell curse a uh, sleep cursed fairy down on turn one, and then you've got mana leak on turn two. And uh, if they don't cast anything that you want to counter, then you can put that two mana into removing a stun counter from your sleep cursed fairy. Or so you flash well. in a fairy mastermind. Or yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yep. So four fairy mastermind, which we've seen before. That's the Utah World Championship card. Uh, we've got Obira, the Dreaming Duelist, which is the uncommon two-two flying with flash. And when when fairies enter the battlefield under your control, you ping opponents. Halo Forager, which is from the last set, much machine. Three mana, three one flyer. Urtai Sheldred, just because you're playing black, so of course you're playing Sheldred. Talion. Talion is an interesting card. Have you seen anyone playing this? No, no, I haven't. No? Uh, I've, haven't come I've up heard a little bit yet. about it, but it's two blue black for three four flying fairy. As Talion, the Kindly Lord, enters the battlefield, choose a number between 1 and 10. Whenever an opponent casts a spell with mana value, power, or toughness equal to the chosen number, that player loses 2 life and you draw a card. So it's interesting that you can choose mana value, power, or toughness. Like You can Mm. pretty easily look at what your opponent's playing and go, all right, if I choose 4... I'm going to shut off, well, not shut off, like you're not stopping them from casting stuff, but I'm going to get a bunch of value out of you casting the majority of your deck. Or, you know, you get, you're going up against Mono Red, you you pick one or two. Yeah. And you're going to, like, you're draining them for two, or, or they're losing two life, and you're drawing a card. So, seems pretty good. It, it is yeah. only a one-off, but, yeah. But seems not, seems pretty good. Um, the, yep. the list that we're looking at uh, doesn't include this, but when I have a look at, other lists, uh, and certainly my experience playing on ladder is the full complement of ego drain, uh, which is you know doing. I don't even know what that is? Standards best thoughtsease impression. So oh, uh, yeah, okay. one and a black, uh, one black for a sorcery. Uh, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-layered card from it. That player discards that card. If you don't control a fairy, exile a card from your hand. Yep. So yeah, so you want to play your. Your dream thief, and yeah, if you've got a fairy, it's like better than Thoughtseize. Yeah, I feel if like got, if you meet that condition. Yeah, I feel like this deck really needs another one mana fairy. So if you can, if you can put in another four copies of a one mana fairy, that's that's good. Then yeah, that that's triggering your spell stutters and that ego, yeah. whatever it is, yeah, uh, a, a lot more consistently. So yeah, and then you're just running a bunch of removal. You know, got cut downs. Uh, go for the throats, spell starters. We've got quick study, which is the instant speed divination, which is quite nice. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and I've seen some fairy fencing. Be, yeah, fairy fencing as well in some numbers. Yep. yep. X and a black target creature gets minus X minus X to end a turn. It gets an additional minus three minus three if you controlled a fairy, 
as you cast this spell. So, yeah, interesting. I, d- I don't think the deck's quite there yet. I, th- I think it won't be till we get to Lawn, and then, uh, yeah, it'll start to see a bit more play. So, speaking be of play, to... yep. you've got a deck that you've been playing? Oh, man, I've been all over this. Uh, so, it doesn't feel like a standard deck, right? <laughs> okay, so, so picture this. Uh, you play some Triumphs. You, you know, maybe you... Uh, channel uh, a herd migration, play a leyline binding, so you you keep yourself alive until you get to five mana, and because of all of your triumphs, you've got uh, five colors. So then you play a battle invasion of Alara, and invasion of Alara then lets you exile uh, cards from top of your library until you exile two non-land cards with mana value four or less. You may cast one of those cards without paying its mana cost, put one of them into your hand, then put the other cards in the bottom of your library in a random order. So that's pretty good. So, like, you you get to cast something cascade. small, right? Yeah, so, yes, it's Cascade. So what you do is you, uh, you construct your deck so, you know, you always hit Bramble Familiar, which is... Uh, green and one for a two-two that adds green and has, and you can pick it back up with an activated ability. But it That's has, not what you're playing it for. No, so you can choose to cast the adventure side, which is fetch quest, which is five green green sorcery adventure, mill seven cards, put a creature enchantment or land card from among the mill cards onto your battle onto the battlefield. So what you do is you mill cemetery desecrator. What? Uh, which is uh, <laughs> four black black for a four four with menace. Uh, when it enters the battlefield or dies, you can choose one. You can uh, give a creature minus X minus. Oh, you can sorry exile a cr- card from a graveyard, and a creature can get minus X minus X equal to that card's mana cost. Or importantly, you can move remove X counters from a permanent. So you remove the counters from Invasion of Alara, which lets you cast a oh, wait. Awaken the Maelstrom. So you cast the invasion, you cascade into Bramble Familiar, cast the uh, the adventure side, hit Cemetery Desecrator, flip your Alara, and it says, Tiger player draws two cards. Yep, I'll have that. Uh, put an artifact card from your hand into the battlefield. Oh, look, I'm playing Phyrexian Fleshgorger. So I get to, you know, put a seven-minute artifact into the, with Lifelink and all of the other text that it has. You then can make a copy of a creature in the battlefield. So you can have two Flesh Gorges or you can play another Cemetery Desecrator and kill something. Uh, or you might have something else lying around, like, I don't know, uh, a Tali. Uh, then you distribute three plus one counters uh, amongst one, two, or three creatures you control, and then you destroy a permanent, a an opponent controls. Do you remember Cruel Ultimatum? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, have you ever cast Cruel Ultimatum on turn five? <laughs> uh, no. Because C- that's kind of what this deck does, right? Yeah. It, it, it just creates a, uh, yeah, absolutely un- it just chains value position. <laughs> yeah. And it's like one big turn, like turn five, and, you know, you've got- uh, you've got a cemetery desecrator. You've got a, a a flesh gorger. You've got a you know their creatures are dead. You've got two flesh gorgers uh, that have got 
counters on them. Uh, so, you know, they're not seven fives anymore. They're, you know, uh, eight whatevers. And yeah, it's, um, absolutely insane. And then sometimes you go, Oh, you know, I didn't get to, you know, didn't hit my spell or they, they killed my thing or whatever. So you just play virtue of persistence and you just bring stuff back from your graveyard or which you can put into play off of a bramble familiar yes yeah absolutely so and sometimes you just like get to seven mana and like cast bramble familiar and go oh look i got an atraxa that's pretty fun <laughs> you know so it's uh yeah the t- <laughs> the text dumb like it sometimes you know decks can get under it sometimes you you know get stuck on a, a land it's like oh, i don't have a green source or or you always got a green source you don't have a red source or whatever um but yeah it's so powerful it's just like a turn five it doesn't like win the game on turn five but it creates a you know a, a winning position that is really hard to beat um so yes mono red can get under it uh, particularly if it stumbles and turns into turn six like red will get you dead by then but uh herd migration and the uh, the adventure side, uh, which is of virtue of persistence, which is Lockthwain Scorn, gains you some life as well. And sometimes you have Leyline Binding for one on turn two. So yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, it, it does not feel like a standard deck. It feels like a commander deck, uh, honestly, <laughs> like with the shenanigans that you do. Like you, you're literally doing things on that scale where, yeah. you know, like, when your backup plan is a Traxxer and a Tali, like you're you're going pretty big, right? So yeah, yeah seems like the sort of deck that does not enjoy playing against counter spells. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, it's uh, uh, definitely a a thing that needs to uh, uh, be thought of when you're building your sideboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's there's um there's ways around that in the uh, in the board for sure. But uh. The Esper control lists uh, can definitely beat it, but and the red decks can get underneath it. But everything else, it just just powers. It's just kind of them. going over the top of everything. Yeah, yeah. it's just the biggest like, thing you can. I be like doing. that. Like you can play an invasion of Alara, hit a bramble, or play the bramble familiar for free. And if you don't hit, you know, one of the creatures or whatever you want, but you hit another invasion of Alara, well, you can just play that and then do it again and just like chain them all together. And just end up with this just ridiculous board by the end of it. Uh, uh, no, you can't. Cool. It, it, it doesn't hit a battle. Oh, it's not an enchantment. No, no, no. I keep looking at invasions as enchantments. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm yeah, going to do that not, forever. Not yeah, quite. Okay, they, so they, that. I mean, right. they, they, they kind of are, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In the so- sideboard, it's got four mirror shell crab, which is... Seven mana, five seven artifact creature, but I'm assuming it's in there because it has a channel ability. Two and a blue discard mirror shell crab counter target spell or ability unless it's yeah, control you pays can't three. Just play normal no. counter spells because yep. yeah, you hit them it, off your your cascading. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So no, that's fine. Yep. I do have a question. Like the deck runs two Luca bound to ruin. Yeah, I've cut them. Yeah, so I, my question was with the plus ability, like plus one, add red and a green, spend this mana only to cast creature spells or activate abilities of creatures. Can you it, cast the adventure sides of creatures with that mana? Does that work? Probably. Because that's, that's the only thing I can think that that is in the uh, deck for. Yeah, like, yeah, I I played it a few times and it's just like, I've got a copy in hand, it's a mulligan. Like, I keep going back, reading it, going, 
you know, is the minus four good here? Uh, is this just for against control decks to, you know, play a four mana planeswalker and start making three threes? Like, um, yeah, it could just be for removal. Like, it's removal that you can play that yeah, technically I've- costs more than four because it's you can you can play it for four mana with the completed, but it's mana value when it when you're cascading is five. I changed up one land to add an extra white source. I can't remember which one I, I dropped uh, and added some of the five mana wrath just to keep yeah. itself alive. Yeah, that's what yep. I did. And and that's been really good. So, yeah, that's yeah cool. Luca get, got the boot uh, and two, two sweepers. Yep. So, yeah, there's yep. a few. Well, I was saying before we started recording, there's that deck. Uh, Insanity's posted a couple of decks that he's seen up, way up in Mythic because that's where he is of other crazy creature-based combos and things like some infinite loop where you're conniving over and over until you find a Battlefield Butcher and a few other different things like that. So it, I was saying it, it sort of feels like... I, th- I can't remember what set it was. I know, I know we had companions with the original rules, but you had like the Garuda combo decks and a few other creature-based combo decks and... None of them were like crazy over the top where it's like, yeah, this is breaking the format, but they were strong enough that you could have a lot of fun playing them and do pretty well, but they they still had their downside. So they died to variance. I like that. Bit. It's yeah. yeah, it's 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 cool. Like I like when a format's like that. It means you can play these spicy decks. It means you can play stuffy doll and like kill yourself but kill your opponent at the same time and all that sort of stuff with that dragon that I was getting off of Court of Calling and you know. You can do funky things like that where it's like this is just completely off the wall, but it actually works and and does really well. So yeah, it invites a bit of creativity cool. and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, Crea- creativity is not not it's not uh, extended. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, we that deck needs like a counter spell um, called like restriction or something like that. So because restriction breeds creativity. Mm, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So you mentioned that Cracker would be talking about Fairy's deck. Uh, let's let's finish off on on the deck that Cracker's been the most excited about because yeah, he he, yep. he loves himself some like is it Tempo or Mono Blue Tempo? Yep. And Talarian Terra's been close to his heart for a little while. <laughs> and so this this is the deck that I have played. This is my one game of Standard I've played. Is with oh, so this you're deck. undefeated in the Standard? I'm undefeated. I've, pl- I've played one. One game, and it was with this deck, and I won. That was it. I, we're not going to mention the fact that I was in bronze four, but <laughs> <laughs> shows how much. I mean, I posted up my uh, my stats from Wizards, and I'd played like twelve games in the last season. So I re-signed up for lately. that, and still don't get it. Yeah, nice. So okay. frustrating. Anyway, yeah. so this is yeah, it's the is it spells deck that we've seen for a while, or, or kind of the yeah mono blue spells type deck with red in it. Now that we have Hearth Elemental to go with your Telerian Terrors works quite well, and then yeah, you've picked up a couple of extra spells. So we've got become become brutes, which is a two mana sorcery. One or two target creatures each gain haste till end of turn. For each of those create creatures, create a monster roll token attached to it. So it's the plus one plus one and trample works fantastic. You play a Telerian Terror or a Hearth Elemental or one a couple of each, whatever. Play both uh, yeah. for for you know one mana each. And then you play a two-mana spell, gives both of them haste and plus one, plus one, and trample. Works really well. <laughs> I'm speaking from the experience of my it's one like game. It's like overrun, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sleight of hand, fantastic pickup. Yeah, just quick studies you that here as well. Little bit, yeah, a little bit deeper. Make disappears, quick studies, lightning strikes, fading hopes, considers 
Fires of Victory and a couple of slip out the backs to keep your creatures safe. Is it lands? And yeah, we've picked up the um, Restless Spire, which is the is it creature land. So yeah, creature I've, lands are so powerful. I don't. I didn't craft any of these. I just put in some other. I put in like a an extra Sakenzin and an extra Ottawara. Whiteboarded Chiven Reefs. Yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. So I love Fires of Victory. So I, I was when Cracker posted this. This I'm like, how's Fires of Victory? I want this card to be good. Like it does everything I want. Yeah, a card I've, to I've do. I've actually played uh, it a bit, not in this deck, but in when okay. I was playing. I've, is I've it played in limited plenty, and it's been great. But I, I haven't played it in constructed at all. But it seems good. Yeah. Yep. So. I mean, five mana, kill something, um, then draw a card as well. Like, it's, you know, it's a good way to kill Shieldred. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It, you've got to make sure you're careful when you cast it in that, uh, you know, it, it's dealing damage based on the number of cards in your hand. So you, you may be needing it to kill something and you don't have enough cards in your hand to, to actually kill it. So yeah, you do yeah. get to draw the card. If you kick it, you get to draw the card before... Before it counts yeah. how many cards yeah, in your hand. Yeah, before it counts but how many cards. But you've, yeah, that's You're also down a card because so. you've cast the spell. Yeah. So, yeah. I found it was good as a one or two of index, but you definitely yeah. don't want more, more Do you know why card. we like it? Because it, it says draw a card and it deals damage. Well, it's kind it's of like Electrolyze, right? It's, it's Electrolyze's it's close, cousin, it's close. right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah, Electrolyze at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. You've got to pay five mana for it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I know Crack has been, um, been playing and even winning some games with it. So, yeah, pretty cool. Um, so yep. standard looks pretty fun at the moment. So we've got the two bookends um, that we we talked about with the uh, the mono red deck and the the control decks. There's a combo deck. There's tempo decks. There's uh, you know there's, there's a Golgari mid range deck. Like there's, yeah. there's everything in between. It's yeah. So it seems moss, seems pretty healthy and diverse well. at the moment. So yeah, um, maybe. Maybe if you're playing Alchemy, come over to Standard. <laughs> You'll have more fun, I promise. <laughs> yeah, so, maybe look, yeah. In, look into Arena and go, oh, that's what that Alchemy word means when I keep playing these games. Um, yeah, exactly I'm, right. I didn't realise I wasn't actually playing Standard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, cool. if, if you do want to play some Standard, we have Ooh, a yes. league kicking off next week. So in, in a few days' time, so Monday night, we will kick this league off, getting straight into it. And, uh, yeah, we're going back to the same structure that we had for the last league. Seemed to work pretty well with the round-robin stage, the Swiss rounds, and then the top eight. So we'll get into that. And, yeah, this will be our last league for the year. And then we'll have the Invitational sort of towards the end of November. So last chance to get that direct qualification, last chance to earn some invy points and get your way into the league. So get in on it. There is a registration post in the tournament series channel just, just clicked on there. it because you reminded me <laughs> yep yep nice so i think we're around 30 players yep we're at 30 players now that you've registered cracker still hasn't registered so yeah we should see around 40-ish players as we normally do 40 to 50 and uh, yes yeah, cash up for grabs as there always is thanks to josh and pat's mdg bazaar so get in on that figure out what deck you're going to play we'll be doing i might do a, a bit of a draw for the groups on monday night and then i'll basically be keen to get straight into some matches so I probably won't even play a game of standard between now and then, which means you've got an extremely high chance of getting a free win. So, yeah, come and play me on Monday night. That's going to do us for this week, Chewy. So the usual wrap-up. If you want to be in on that league, if you don't know what we're talking about, you've just found the Magic Beans and you want to get in on this action, yeah, welcome. Uh, Hopefully you stick around for whatever reason. (laughs) 
that people listen to us. Don't, Free don't stuff know, in but, our tournaments. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you want to be in our Discord. Uh, there's a link for that always in the show notes. Yeah, come and jump in there. Come say good day. And, uh, yeah, get in on all the stuff that we do as well as the giveaways. I gave away a collector's box thanks to Josh and Pats this week. Cracked it on stream. Didn't get anything crazy valuable, but it was fun cracking it and looking at all the cards. So that was good. But, uh, yeah, that's in the Discord. So come and check us out there. We have a merch store. You can get Magic Beans hoodies and T-shirts and mugs and mouse pads and all that sort of stuff. Link for that is also in the show notes. Go to check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, all their daily auctions and bargains that you can pick up there. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and that'll take you straight to the Facebook group where you can join up and, uh, yeah, get in on all that action. And if you want to know where we are in all the various places, just go to magicbeanscast.com. You'll find links for YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and X slash Twitter. If you'd like to find me on that platform, I'm at PSync. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? Oh, Cracker's not here. Sorry. That's going to do us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye.